This program has been pre-recorded for airing at this time. Please hold all phone calls. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs, hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc., featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local and like to join in on our discussion today, have a prayer request, a general comment, or a praise report, we would love to hear from you. The number would be 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in on our discussion today. And that number would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, again, I would like you to go to our website, www.savethelostlv.org. Look for our weekly archived icon, uh, click onto it, and you will be blessed with everything that we have done. Uh, the gospel is always free on our watch. Uh, I took two weeks to do a profile of Leah, and I really would like for you to check it out. Also, as the Spirit leads you, it's always free. Again, always free on our watch. We have a lot of lot of wonderful resources there on the website, so please hang out, stay a while, and tell a friend. If you have an Apple device, we are being uh, archived on iTunes as well. Again, it's free. There's no charge. The gospel, again, is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I'd like to give you this number. I'm going to give it to you twice, and you can listen to KKVV anytime you like. You can actually listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. And KKVV has two uh, call signs, one for the AM dial and one for the FM dial. The FM dial is 100.1 FM. The AM dial is 1060 AM. The cell number is 605-613, excuse me, let me start over, 605-313-0630. Again, that cell number is 605-313-0630. I strongly encourage that you lock it in. Put it under your cell phone contacts. It would be one of the best numbers you have. And you can listen to KKVV anytime. And it only works in the United States. Okay? So I believe I've gotten that taken care of. And we are going to look at Isaiah. And we are going to go to chapter 
53 and I'd like to give you a little background on Isaiah and uh, our topic today is going to be uh, rejection most of us have experienced rejection some of us have been held in bondage by the scars of rejection and I would like you to get strength out of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we give you a glimpse of the rejection that he would come to experience but you have to keep in mind Isaiah uh, was uh, probably one of the greatest prophets of all time but he is in the Old Testament and he is giving a glimpse to the Old Testament people as to what's going to happen in the New Covenant when Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, will arrive into the earth. So, you have to ask yourself about rejection. Now, these people of the old book they didn't get to experience Jesus Christ as the people of the New Testament but look at where we are now in a season called now what is our excuse to reject him we'll be talking about rejection today so let's look a little bit about Isaiah. Now, he was called into the office of prophet. The office of prophet was instituted during the days of Samuel, the last days of the judges. Prophets stood with the priest as God's special representatives. The prophet's role was to speak for God, confronting the people and their leaders with God's commands and promises. Because of this confrontational stance and the continuing tendency of people to disobey God, true prophets usually were not very popular. But though their message often went unheeded, they faithfully and forcefully proclaimed the truth. The book of Isaiah is the first of the writings of the prophets in the Bible. And Isaiah, the author, is generally considered to be the greatest prophet. He was probably reared in an aristocratic home and was married to a prophetess. In the beginning of his ministry, he was well-liked. But like most prophets, he soon became unpopular because his messages were so difficult to hear. He called the people to turn from their lives of sin and warned them of God's judgment and punishment. Isaiah had an active ministry for about 60 years before he was executed. So, the book of Isaiah contains both prose and poetry, the uses of personification, attributing personal qualities to divine beings or inanimate objects. Also, many of the prophecies in Isaiah contain predictions that foretell a soon-to-occur event and a distant future event at the same time. Isaiah is speaking and writing mainly in Jerusalem. So, we are going to 
look at a particular chapter, and we're going to go to Isaiah 53. So I'm in the New Testament, and I'm going to get started. Isaiah 53, verse 1, and the Word of God says this, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. 3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. For surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Our our sorrows. Let me start again. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Six, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Seven, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers in silence. So he opened not his mouth. Eight, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. 9. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make it, When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his his knowledge by righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And that was Isaiah 55, excuse me, 53. And we read verses 1 through 12. All right, again, Isaiah 53, 
and we read verses 1 through 12. And we are going to be talking about rejection today. So um, I shared some commentary with you earlier. I want to continue to share some commentary. And then uh, you know, the phone lines are open and have some reflection. So the chapter continues to speak of the Messiah, Jesus, who would suffer for the sins of all people. Such a prophecy is astounding. Who would believe that God would choose to save the world through a humble, suffering servant rather than a glorious king? The ideal is contrary to human pride and worldly thinking, but God often works in ways we don't expect. The Messiah's strength is shown by humility, suffering, and mercy. There was nothing beautiful or majestic in the physical appearance of this servant. Israel would miscalculate the servant's importance. They would consider him an ordinary man. But even though Jesus would not attract a large following based on his physical appearance, he would bring salvation and healing. Many people miscalculate the importance of Jesus' life and work and they need faithful Christians to point out his extraordinary nature. How could an Old Testament person understand the ideal of Christ dying for our sins, actually bearing the punishment that we deserve? The sacrifices suggested this idea, but it's it's one thing to kill a lamb, and something quite different to think of God's chosen servant as the lamb. But God was pulling aside the curtain of time to let the people of Isaiah's day look ahead to the suffering of the future Messiah and the resulting forgiveness made available to all people. Isaiah speaks of Israel straying from God and compares them to wandering sheep. Yet God would send the Messiah to bring them back into the fold We have the hindsight to see and know the identity of the promised Messiah who has come and died for our sins. But if we know all that Jesus did and still reject him, our sin is much greater than that of the ancient Israelites who could not see what we have seen. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd? Or are you still going your own way like a wandering sheep. So let's give you some encouragement and we're going to go to John chapter 10 and we're going to look at verses 11 through 16. And then we'll get back to the commentary. So again we're going to John chapter 10 and we're going to look at verses 11 through 16. And the Word of God says this. I have the red letter edition, so uh, the verses are in red, starting with verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Verse 12. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. 
13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Verse 15. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this foe, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In the Old Testament, people offered animals and sacrifices for their sin. Here, the sinless servant of the Lord offers himself for our sins. He is the Lamb offered for the sins of all people. We're going to go over to the book of John. We're going to go to chapter 1 and we're going to look at verse 29 and then we're going to go over to Revelation. We're going to go to chapter 5 and we're going to look at verses 6 through 14. So again, we're going to John chapter 1 verse 29. So we just need to turn back a little bit. And this would be John the Baptist talking. John 1 verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the commentary says, Every morning and evening a lamb was sacrificed in the temple for the sins of the people. And Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah, God's servant, would be led to the slaughter like a lamb. To pay the penalty for sin, a life had to be given. And God chosen to provide the sacrifice himself. The sins of the world were removed when Jesus died as the perfect sacrifice. This is the way our sins are forgiven. The sin of the world means everyone's sin the sin of each individual. Jesus paid the price of your sin by his death. You can receive forgiveness by confessing your sin to him and asking for his forgiveness. Now we're going to go over to the book of Revelation. We're going to go to chapter 5 and we're going to look at verses 6 through 14. And I am getting there. And the word of God says this, verse 6, I looked and behold in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Seven. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Eight. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll 
and to open the seals, for you were slain, and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10, And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. 11. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them were ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, twelve, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Thirteen, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever 14 then the four living creatures said amen and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever now let's look at some commentary here concerning revelation chapter 5 verses 6 through 14 John sees the lamb looking as though it had been slain. The wounds inflicted on Jesus' body during his trial and crucifixion could still be seen. Jesus was called the Lamb of God by John the Baptist. In the Old Testament, lambs were sacrificed to atone for sins. The Lamb of God died as the final sacrifice for all sins. The horns symbolize strength and power. Although Christ is a sacrificial lamb, he is in no way weak. He was killed, but now he lives in God's strength and power. The eyes are equated with the seven lamps and the one spirit. People from every nation are praising God before his throne. God's message of salvation and eternal life is not limited to a specific culture, race, or country. Anyone who comes to God in repentance and faith is accepted by him and we and will be part of the kingdom. <clears throat> Don't allow prejudice or bias to keep you from sharing Christ with others. Christ welcomes all people into his kingdom. The song of God's people praises Christ's work. He, he is... Slain, redeemed with his blood, gathered them into a kingdom, made them priests, and appointed them to reign upon the earth. Jesus has already died and paid the penalty for sin. He is now gathering us into the kingdom and making us priests. In the future, we will reign with him, worship God, and praise him for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do for all who trust in him. When we realize the glorious future that awaits us, we will find the strength to face our present difficulties. The believer's song praises Christ for bringing them into the kingdom and making them kings and priests. While now we are sometimes despised and mocked for our faith, in the future we will reign over all the earth. 
Christ's death made all believers priests of God, the channels of blessings between God and people. Angels are spiritual beings created by God who help carry out his work on earth. They bring messages, protect God's people, offer encouragement, give guidance, bring punishment, patrol the earth, and fight the forces of evil. They are both good and evil angels, but because evil angels are allied with Satan, they have considerably less power and authority than good angels. Eventually, the main role of the good angels will be to offer continuous praise to God. The scene in chapter 5 shows us that only the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy to open the scrolls, the events of history. Jesus, not Satan, holds the future. Jesus Christ is in control, and he alone is worthy to set into motion the events of the last days of history. Amen. The Messiah suffered for our sake bearing our sins to make us acceptable to God. What can we say to such love? How will we respond to him? My righteous servant shall justify many, tells the enormous family of believers who will become right with God, not by their own works, but by the Messiah's great work on the cross. They are justified because they have claimed Christ, the righteous servant, as their Savior and Lord. We're going to look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and then we're going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. So let's go over to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And the word of God says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The commentary states, have you ever been asked how to, let me say it again. Have you ever been asked, how do I become a Christian? These verses give you the beautiful answer. Salvation is as close as your own lips and heart. People think it must be a complicated process, but it is not. If we believe in our heart and say with our mouth that Christ is the risen Lord, we will be saved. Now we're going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. And the word of God states, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. A commentary states, when we trust in Christ, we make an exchange. He takes our sin and makes us right with God. 
Our sin was laid on Christ at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. This is what Christians mean by Christ's atonement for sin. In the world, bartering works only when two people exchange goods of relatively equal value. But God offers to trade his righteousness for our sin, something of immeasurable worth for something completely worthless. How grateful we should be for his kindness to us. Their life of sin is stripped away and they are clothed with Christ's goodness. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to look at verses 22 through 24. Again, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24. Verse 22, and the word of God says this, that you put off concerning your former contact conduct. Let me say it again. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's look at these scriptures a little bit closer. Our commentary states, Our old way of life before we believed in Christ is completely in the past. We should put it behind us like old clothes to be thrown away. When we decide to accept Christ's gift of salvation, it is both a one-time decision as well as a daily conscious commitment. We are not to be driven by desire and impulse. We must put on the new nature, head in the new direction, and have the new way of thinking that the Holy Spirit gives. Amen. So, I want to give you some more encouragement. And we were talking about rejection today. So, let's look at our lives before we come into a right relationship with Christ. And these are some of the things that you would find before we accept the gift of salvation. We were dead in our transgressions. Objects of wrath follow the ways of the world, God's enemies, enslaved to Satan, followed our evil thoughts and desires. But once we accept the right hand of fellowship and salvation with the kingdom of God and seek God's face and seek the forgiveness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and agree to be one with him so the Holy Spirit 
will not visit us, will have a, a habitation with us. It would never leave us. We were once dead in our transgressions, but we are made alive with Christ. We were once objects of wrath, but now shown God's mercy and given salvation, followed the ways of the world, but now we stand for Christ and truth. Once God's enemies, now we are God's children. Once enslaved to Satan, free in Christ to love, to serve, and to sit with him. Followed our own evil thoughts and desires. Raised up with Christ to glory. Again, we talked about the, the discussion topic today is rejection. And some of us are feeling abandoned by people. We are feeling that we are being more disconnected from things and situations that we thought that we could count on. And we somehow are becoming what we think are weaker, almost childlike, that things that we normally could do seem quite difficult. Our communication is almost as if we're speaking a different language and people are finding it very hard to understand us. We're being dismissed quite easily. And people are almost hostile towards us. Very prideful and speaking ill about us publicly. And some even going so far as using profanity. Some going so far as to think that they can assault us. Where well, I'm here to tell you, men and women of God, you have so much going for you in your suffering, in the mercy that you show, in the forgiveness that you show. Because you are emulating Christ. You know, there, he was not treated kindly he truly is the suffering servant he took on sins of everyone and he came to give them life more abundantly and see many of you have presented yourself to people to be a blessing And they don't seem to understand that. I want to tell you 
They know that you're a blessing. And they have made decisions. And they do not want to take accountability for their actions. And when you present to them the word of God, which they say they understand, they accept, they acknowledge. And when you present to them the word of God and line it up against their choices and their actions and their behaviors, then they come for you. So the bolder you get in Christ, the more you're going to be rejected. But you have a duty and an obligation and a responsibility to stand with Christ. That's what it takes to be his child. There will be more and more isolation. It'll get to the point where some people won't even return your phone calls. And you might have helped them pay their phone bill. That's all right. See, you can't control circumstances, but you can control your actions in the circumstance. So at the end of the day, model Christ. Give them Christ. Your Father in heaven will honor you. We are living in times that are very perilous. These are very uncertain times. Children have gotten very disrespectful. They do not like correction. They do not like instruction. Very rebellious and disobedient. And very entitled. Entitled to who? And entitled to what? Because if they're putting all their stake and faith in this world, this is a dying system. There's no future here. There's only future with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he holds the future. Satan has no claim to the future. He's not a part of God's plan for everlasting to everlasting, eternity. Oh, he's part of the prophecy, make no mistake. But if you understand about the prophecy, because the whole Bible has been revealed from Genesis to Revelation, then you know he's defeated. He will be put in chains. He will experience bondage. So if you're feeling defeated and rejected, then you're just going to another level and station with Christ. It frees you up to pour out your heart. To the Lord Jesus Christ. To tell him all about it. See it's okay to cry. Out to Christ. Your tears are not. Forsaken. They're not forgotten. He collects them. He counts them. But we have to stop. Thinking. That. There's a man's solution. To a divine promise. 
Go back into your word. Understand there's a season. And you may be experiencing that season. And it's okay. He loves you. You will be rewarded. Your job is to proclaim. Declare. Decree. And profess. Preach. And teach the gospel. It's up to people to receive it or reject it. But make sure in the circumstance you are doing what you were called to do. Stay encouraged, men and women of God. These people, these situations, these places, they're not God. They are not the source of your blessing. But we have to get stronger. And you cannot get stronger if you have no adversity in your life. God already knows that you can do it. The victory is already yours. But you need to fight like you know it. Joshua had to fight manyites. He was Moses' protege. He was Moses' minister. He served Moses. But Moses didn't get to go to the promised land. He got to see it, but he didn't get to go. It was Joshua's job to lead the people into the promised land. And God told him, you know, that Moses wasn't coming back. But he said, this time I'm with you. Go in and subdue the land. See, there were 12 tribes, and usually the tribe that was leading in battle was Judah. Judah means praise. Can you imagine? They sent the praisers in there first. Why? Because they spoke of God's resume. They talked about his divine characteristics. They talked about what he had done, who he was, and that they were worthy to be in this battle, to represent the living God, the most high God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. They were not afraid to sing the praises. The one that had been with them, the one that had made a way out of no way. Do you know when the enemies heard that? Heard that part of the worship service that they say a lot of times is the testimony service? Do you know that a lot of the enemies ran, would not even put up opposition? Count it all joy when they reject you because you stand for Christ. That's all right. They were going to reject you anyway. It wasn't a matter of if. It was just when. See, Joshua made a declaration. He said that he and his, they were going to serve the Lord at all times. That other people were free to do what they wanted to do. But what he was going to do, he made it understood. Have you made it understood lately? Who are you serving? Because there are many people who are claiming to be God. There are many factions out there who are perpetrating a fraud. 
Maybe it's time that we renew our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time that we get back into our word. Maybe it's time that we consecrate ourselves, set ourselves apart. See, God is holy and therefore we should be a holy people. And holy means not like any others. It's all right when you go into the ark of safety. It's all right because you're going in there with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's times when they don't want our help. It's okay. Your job is just to offer it. Either they're going to accept it or reject it. God knows your testimony. He knows your heart. Don't be discouraged, men and women of God. See, I'm going to point some things out to you. Ask yourself, would you rather be the liar or the one lied to? Would you rather be the thief or the one that someone stole something from? Would you rather be the perpetrator or the one that stands for truth? Would you rather be the lukewarm believer or would you want to be the one who's bold? In their faith. Would you want to. Worship. With those. Who hustle. God's word. Or would you want to. Fellowship with those. Who are disciples. Of God's word. Because God knows the difference. In every relationship. And every encounter, we have a choice to make. Are you going to be a representative of the kingdom? Or are you going to be a representative of the world? Are you going to be tit for tat? Then what's the difference? If you are that thing that you're complaining about. You can see it in others, but you can't see it in yourself. And did you ever think that God was trying to break something off of you? That you have an unnatural reliance on something, someone or something. It's unnatural. And that you can't go there anymore. He's wanting you to go up and you want to go down. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to be in opposition of the kingdom of God. It's not going to be in opposition with God's commands, God's words, God's precepts. It's not going to be in opposition with that. And the Holy Spirit resides in those who believe. But if you have just got to have your way in and separate apart from God, well, the Holy Spirit has no fellowship with that. See, God will let you do your own thing if you determine to do it. But God has a standard. And you just can't come to God with worship that is not suitable. 
You just can't say, well, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do it like this today. Well, you have to match it against the standard of God. And sometimes we're so busy checking off lists that we forget God is not interested in lists. He's interested in you worship him in spirit and in truth as we find in John 4:23 true worshipers can only worship him in spirit and truth why because he's spirit and truth he's not either or he's them together spirit and truth and anything that you need you need to seek the lord in prayer Rejection is not a bad thing. Look at what Christ was able to do for us because he was rejected by the world. He was not of this world. Be open to the fact you're not of this world. There's nothing wrong with you. The world's influence and hold on you is dying. It's being put to death. Just let it die. Don't pick it back up. Let it die. Step into God's marvelous light. Receive what he has for you. Bring him your supplications. Bring him your petitions. Bring him your tears. Bring him your ashes if you think that something is just totally dead in your life. Bring it to him. And if it's his will, he'll resurrect it. And if it's not his will, guess what? He's got something better for you. All you're hearing is a death rattle. You're hearing gasp. You're hearing people puff up for the last time. A balloon, believe it or not, to get bigger before it pops. <laughs> then it pops and then it's nothing. So, they're getting a little bit bigger. They're about to pop and then it's nothing. Stay focused. Guard your heart. Refresh, renew, bathe yourself with the word of God. It's important. That's why I want you to really appreciate these 12 verses in Isaiah 53. Read about it, the suffering. That our Lord and Savior was on a mission. Nothing and no one was going to stop him. From perfecting and completing the prophecy concerning salvation. What he did for us at the cross. He did for love. This is God Almighty wrapped in flesh. Do you think any kind of nails could have held him on a wooden cross? 
No, it was love to fulfill the prophecy. We were created to be eternal because God's breath is eternal. We didn't become a living soul until he breathed into us. Count it an honor when the world is rejecting you. Because they did the same to Christ. You were made alive for a price. Enjoy that. That is what makes you special. That's what makes you divine. That's what makes you eternal. And there's a place for you in God's kingdom. And it's a place where the world cannot go. It has no no keys. So, enjoy this time that you have when those are rejecting you. And turn to Christ. Renew yourself. Refresh yourself. He wants to love on you. He wants to strengthen you and remind you of the plans that he has for you. I appreciate your listening support. We love you. God bless you. And save the lost at all costs. Bye-bye. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 7 
702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. 